Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another episode of It's Not You, It's Them, It Might Be You and today it's Agony on Wednesday where we tackle listeners' Problems. I never know what to say at the start of these, you know. Should I tell a joke, a positive affirmation, a daily affirmation? What's my daily affirmation for today? Drink some water. I just said that because there's a water bottle in front of me. Who knows? But anyway, you're not here for my intros, are you? You're here for the listeners' problems. So I need to just shut up and let you hear them. Hi, Lala. I've been with my boyfriend for nearly nine months now, and he is wonderful. Before I met him, I genuinely didn't realize that the people you're dating aren't supposed to make you feel like an anxious mess all of the time, if at all. I've never had so much fun in my life, and we are so happy together. The one thing I'm struggling with is what he claims to be a lack of emotion. It's not that he isn't crazy about me. It's very obvious to me that he is and that he cares about me deeply. Nobody has ever treated me the way he does. And for that, I'm so grateful. However, he really struggles being vulnerable with his emotions. And he struggles to understand me when I'm vulnerable with mine. He claims he never misses people. He just doesn't feel that emotion. And he's only cried twice in the last 10 years. Two days ago... I told him that I loved him for the first time. He got choked up, which was surprising to me. And he tried to explain that I mean so much to him and that he's never felt this way about anyone. He also said that he hasn't said those words to anyone in years, not even his family. I'm not sure if he's just not ready right now, if he doesn't feel in love with me, or if he ever will feel able to say those words. I knew when I told him that this was a possible outcome given his nature, so it didn't come as a surprise, but it does still hurt. I didn't show that at all, and I reassured him that I didn't tell him because I wanted to hear it back. I told him because he deserves to know that he is loved, which is absolutely the truth, and I would never want to put any pressure on him to say something he isn't ready to, but my ego is still bruised, and I feel upset and a bit annoyed. Not annoyed at him because it isn't his fault, but at the universe, I guess. Do I not deserve to be loved or to be told so? How is it that I, someone who is such an emotional person, found someone who can't express their emotions? I've also noticed that since this happened, I've started feeling disconnected from the relationship. Almost like my brain is hurt, so it's trying to protect itself. I really don't want to end up self-sabotaging and ruining what we have, as I really do love him. I would just like to know that I am loved too. What do I do? Please help. You know what? Love is a doing word, 
it's a verb. You love with your actions, the way you treat someone. I could say I love you to the man sitting next to me on the bus and it would mean absolutely nothing. I could just say it, but it has no meaning. Actions are what show love. And you have literally said that he's proved to you that if someone wants to, they will. That you're having an amazing time together and that you've never been so happy and that you can feel that he deeply cares for you. He's making you feel loved and cared for. Do the words actually matter? that much. If you're getting it from him in all of the ways in which he's treating you and the only thing missing are the actual verbal words, does that matter? And I get it. I'm actually making it sound flippant. I understand that it must have felt like deep fucking rejection when he didn't say it back, you know? But he didn't say he didn't love you. He just said he doesn't say those words. There's a difference. He's like, oh, I can't say it. I don't feel those emotions. I don't have those emotions. It's not that he was like, babe, I'm not feeling that. But herein lies the potential issue for me. He said he never misses people, doesn't say I love you even to his family and doesn't really allow himself to cry or feel sadness or embrace emotions. So he's either a narcissistic psychopath who is devoid of emotions, although it doesn't sound likely from the way that he's actually been treating you. Maybe he's got some kind of neurodivergence. You know, there was a big possibility that autism might be a feature here. Or maybe he's been through some kind of trauma. Abandonment, grief, rejection, breakup, a family bereavement, or any of the other traumatic life events that could leave him in a place where he lacks emotional availability. Something could have fucked him up when he was whatever age, 15, and since then there's been like a stunt in emotional growth or, you, you know, just that block there. And he feels, you know, it makes him feel too vulnerable to feel those emotions or to express those emotions. And the only way through that would be therapy or him seeking some kind of mental health support or a diagnosis for autism or whatever. Or maybe he doesn't feel in love with you. That is a possibility. He says he doesn't even feel the emotion of missing people. So perhaps he struggles to connect emotionally on any level, you know? Maybe love will be an emotion that is really hard to come by for him. And it is really horrible to be in a position of not really knowing how he feels. He's told you that he's uncomfortable with saying the words, but I don't think he left you feeling reassured that even without the words, the feelings are there. And I think that is the issue. But that conversation would take emotional intelligence and emotional availability, both of which he does seem to be lacking or struggling with. And perhaps he doesn't love you and he will never be able to. Or perhaps he does and he needs to learn how to express it differently. It's a hard one. And really, only like proper communication with him is going to tell you how to go forward. Ultimately, it does seem like things are good. He treats you well, but he doesn't currently have the capacity or the skills to verbally communicate that in the way that you need. You absolutely deserve to be loved and to feel loved. And I think the only way that you might be able to make this work is if you can accept his love in the form of actions rather than words, you know? I think that if you are someone who really needs affirmations and words and compliments, if we're thinking about love languages, even though I said in a previous episode that a lot of the content in that book is fucking bullshit. But some of us, you know, love languages can help us to describe how we feel about certain, you know, how we give and receive love. And maybe you are someone who it's really important to get words of affirmation, you know, compliments, reassurance. And if that is you, 
then he's not currently going to be able to meet those needs and you might well be better off cutting your losses at this point. I think only you and he will be able to figure out, or certainly only you will be able to figure this out, but don't stick around if it is now suddenly making you anxious and feel like shit. It's just not worth it. And on to the second one today, which does include a description of sexual violence. Hi, Lala. Uh, About 15 years ago, before I met my husband, I was single and I was casually sleeping with one of the guys that I worked with. Uh, He was like a serial shagger, like who women would fall over themselves to get to. Um, But he was in a kind of on-off relationship at the time. (sighs) I didn't want people knowing what was going on and I realise now that I should have stayed well away but I was young and naively I was really flattered by the attention. So anyway, one night we'd been out in town drinking and went back to one of his friend's houses and we ended up having sex, which was fine, um, until he started strangling me, um, some kind of kink he wanted to try out, I later learned. We hadn't had any conversation about this happening and I certainly didn't consent to it. The next morning when I woke up, I could barely move my neck and it was bruised. And that was the last time that we had sex. I told one of my close friends who knew about what was going on between us. Uh, I didn't do or say anything at the time. I think probably because we worked together and because he had this on-off girlfriend. So I knew what we were doing was wrong anyway. After that, I kind of pushed it to the back of my mind and never really thought about it until I met up with the friend who I spoke to a few weeks ago for the first time in a few years. And she mentioned it. She said she thinks about it often because it was actually assault and because we were both drunk, he could have killed me. Now it's on my mind constantly. I really have an open and honest relationship with my husband, but I haven't told him about this. Should I? Or is it something I need to try and leave in the past and move on from? I feel sad for my younger self being so stupid and put in that position in the first place. What are your thoughts? Okay, firstly, your younger self was not stupid for being put in that position. You were a young woman expecting to have drunken sex with a sexy man who you wanted. And we really shouldn't have to expect that they might strangle us. You know what I mean? They never, ever have to worry about that with us. No man ever has to go into a situation with his work colleague who he fancies thinking, is she going to try to strangle me to the point of me being injured? I mean, really... So no, you are not stupid. You should never have to expect that. But sadly, of course, it is something if you are sleeping with men, dating men, that perhaps you do have to consider, but you're not ever stupid for not considering it. He is a dangerous man who doesn't know anything about kinks and BDSM. And I'm sure that you weren't the first woman he harmed or the last. This is something that is happening all the time to women everywhere. It's nothing to do with you or you bringing it on yourself. It is terrifying. It is a terrifying phenomenon. I discuss it in my book. I've actually got an old podcast with a a campaign group called We Can't Consent To. And actually, I think what I will do is a Sony podcast on the subject of choking because I'm so incredibly passionate about it and I can never stop talking about it. So it is because it's so common now for men to put their hands around women's throats just during sex just like it's as if it's just a normal thing that you do tiktok and porn and social media have somehow normalized this dangerous act that kills around 20 women a year in the uk alone no men though seven men have been killed in this way by other men 
since we can't consent to started tracking the data in 96. So in 90, since 1996 to now, seven men versus 20 women a year in the UK alone. It is so risky. Most women who do consent to it do so without realising the risks, which are blindness, incontinence, stroke. It is the second leading cause of stroke in women under the age of 40. Paralysis, brain damage, and of course, death. When Gary is putting his hands around your throat and you're just kind of like going along with it, or actually maybe not even just going along with it, finding it a bit hot because actually there's nothing wrong with finding it a bit hot but are you realizing that this could lead to you having a stroke that this could lead to you wearing adult nappies for the rest of your life and having blindness is the guy that you're linking on fucking hinge expertly trained no so why are you putting yourself through this risk anyway I mean, I understand why, because I, and I understand that it's hot. I'm not judging anyone who, who does it, but like, do you know the risks associated with it? And it creeps me out because why does it turn you on to want to strangle women? I do understand breath play. I do understand that orgasms can be heightened by restricting breath. I do understand the whole like control and power thing. But also, I don't want to fucking punch men in the face when I'm having sex with them. A lot of men are not doing this because they want to intensify our orgasms through breath play. They're doing it because they get turned on by the power and the control and the potential for hurting us. Why do you want to hurt us? What is wrong with you, you absolute freaks? And non-fatal strangulation is now a crime though it wouldn't have been 15 years ago when this happened to you. But it's important for women to know that he could have been arrested for assault in that situation and he deserved to have been. But if it happened to you now, it would be an offence of non-fatal strangulation. You can absolutely report that to the police if you have not consented to being choked, strangled, hands around your throat, whatever you want to call it. And men who enjoy choking, strangling women are more likely to kill women. And that is a fact that is well known in domestic abuse literature and academia. So in terms of whether you should tell your husband, that is something that you need to decide for yourself. And I would judge that on how sensitively and well you think your husband is going to receive that information. Though it sounds like you want to and that it might provide some relief for you if you share this with a man who makes you feel safe. You know, there's probably some comfort in sharing that with a man who never wants to do things uh, that harm you. But at the same time, I do think it's something that you should try to move on from. It happened, and he can't hurt you anymore, and you did absolutely nothing wrong. Perhaps getting it out in a conversation or several conversations with your husband or a therapist, you know, a short period of counselling, might also help you uh, to accept what happened. But going through that might feel, make you feel like you can move on from it. You experienced something really traumatic and you didn't get the right support at the time and it would be absolutely valid and healthy for you to get that support now to heal those wounds so that you can move forward. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. 
Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And last but not least, our third one for today says... Hey Lala, I'm 39 and I split with my partner of around 10 years at the start of the pandemic because, unfortunately... He changed his mind about having kids. Since then, I've had three short but quite abusive relationships. Although I'm spotting the signs earlier, each time it takes a little while, if only, you know, maybe around six weeks for them to really reveal who they are. I feel like I'm playing a numbers game with now all the men that are left on the shelf in my age group. Do you know if this age group is the worst of the cesspit? Thanks. I'd like to start by saying well done to you for ensuring that those three abusive relationships were short. Nobody can avoid abusive people entirely because they never show their true colours or very rarely show their true colours at the start. And once we're hooked in, it can be so incredibly difficult to leave. So the fact that you are walking away once they reveal who they are is a fantastic sign that you're in a pretty good place for dating. Whether 40-year-old men are the worst age group bracket is a great question, though. Firstly, there are great men to be found in all age brackets. Although research has shown that men don't emotionally mature until they're 92. I kid, but it can feel like it sometimes. It can feel really hard at any age to meet men who want to settle down, who are decent, who've got their shit together, who've had the therapy that they need. Very fucking rare. But I guess from my own experience and observations and from speaking to a lot of people who date men, I would say that there are obviously, a, you know, big differences in the age groups, but they can't actually be applied as a blanket policy. I'd say it goes a little something like this. 18 to 25. I actually find that that age group tend to be really like up for love and relationships, maybe because they're less jaded, haven't had their first real heartbreak yet. But I do find that this age group are kind of more open, willing to learn, enthusiastic, although they obviously do lack emotional intelligence and probably nobody over the age of 25 would want to date or should date anyone in that age group. But if you are a young woman in that age group, I actually think you're in quite a good place. You should be dating those guys. Do you agree with this? Let me know. We'll have a discussion on the page. But I really feel that they're more sort of up for relationships at that age. 25 to 35 men of this age are either settling down if they didn't do that in that previous age bracket or if they did they're now at the point where they're running riot and I think a lot of it depends on their friends as well if they've got like groups of friends who are in long-term things and, and getting married they tend to be more like up for that themselves and men are not burdened with that same biological pressure that society has put on women about babies and stuff so a lot of them you know, the ones who aren't settling are playing the field and still figuring out what they want at the grand old age of flipping 35. 35 to 45, this is the age group that I'm dating now at the moment. And these guys are either ready to have babies immediately 
or they've had them and they're now like post-divorce and experiencing midlife crises, shagging 22-year-olds and developing cocaine and alcohol addictions. Maybe this is just my friendship group, I don't know. But this is that is what that age group are up to. And 45 to 55, they, they are set in their ways and also have erectile dysfunction. But on the positive side, have finally reached a level of emotional maturity. So if I were you, I think I'd actually date younger. Not that 18 to 25 bracket, obviously. But, you know, I suppose I was kind of did that in a, in a light-hearted way. I, I do think there's issues at all ages, and I do think it is down to the individual man. And I do think, you know, some of the stuff that I have said is accurate, you know, about the post-divorce midlife crisis. But... It's not every man, and I don't think we can apply blanket policies. I I actually do think that there is a lot in it for women, you know, in their 40s to be dating younger men. Men in their 30s are absolutely great and do tend to be a little bit better than guys of our age. That is just what I'm finding. I'm not sure if there's any academic research to back that up, but I think that at 39, 40, you can go... 10 years below or 10 years above. I think you're at a quite a good place where you can, you know, date 30-year-olds, but you can also date 50-year-olds. So don't judge the age group. Maybe branch out a little bit, but you're doing well. Continue in this vein that you're going on because you are identifying red flags, you're running from them, and it sounds like you're doing all right. So there we go. Am I going to have a load of angry middle-aged men coming for me now at the end of this episode? Probably not, because I don't think a lot of them actually listen to this podcast. So I probably will just have lots of middle-aged women who are like, you're so fucking right. But anyway, if the middle-aged men do want to come for me, come for me. If If you have something different to say, say it with your chest in the comments when we do a post for this. Don't come for me in the DMs. And uh, and we can have a discussion about that on the page. Anyway, I'll be back on Friday with X. Is this a red flag? And lots more. Well, not, not no, there won't be lots more than that. There will just be that. But that should be enough for you. So I will see you on Friday. Love you. Bye. La, la, la. Let me explain. This has been a Sony Music Entertainment production.